Keith Major Show. All the people know, straight from Hawaii, we're all you need for sure. From news and local events, music and much more. With the Keith Major Show, we give you so much more. Welcome Keith back, Major welcome show. back, welcome back to the Keith Major Show. Today is Saturday, uh, March 28th. Um, it's been a minute, a small break. A lot has gone on, ruptured my Achilles. Um, follow me on Instagram or Facebook and you can get the whole story. No fun, no fun. So my podcast was supposed to be all this fun and exciting stuff, news, sports, entertainment. I was going to be like the new Oprah. But overwhelmingly, people like, yeah, Keith Major got that. But what we want to hear about is you keep talking about money. So I got a lot of requests for people just didn't know where to start. And they just wanted to know, I'm interested. I want to do it. But tell me how to get started. So today's podcast is going to be dedicated to helping you go from ground zero to just starting in the game and setting up the right things and having the right knowledge. So to all those that made this request, it it went answered and I listened. And so here you are. So we're going to talk today all about money. The whole show is going to be about money and getting in the stock market and what you need to do to get there. And this is geared to the person that knows absolutely nothing, doesn't know what to do. And so today we're going to get you started. So let's take a music break and then we'll come right back and jump right into it. Keith Major Show. Oh 
current events, and political commentary. You're listening to The Keith Major Show, a podcast recorded live in Honolulu, Hawaii. And now, here's your host, Keith Major. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, so let's jump right into it. Stock market. What is the stock market, right? The stock market is made up of exchanges. You can think of it conceptually as as an open air market, just like you would go to a farmer's market and there's different uh, people there selling different produce. The stock market is just like that. Um, Stocks are listed on a specific exchange, which brings buyers and sellers together that acts as a market for the shares of those stocks. Same thing, except instead of produce, you're buying and trading stocks. The exchange tracks the supply and demand and directly related the price of each stock. So there's many, many exchanges there's the tokyo there's the nikkei there's the hong kong the london stock exchange the bombay stock exchange the shenzhen and the ghana but the two exchanges that we are most concerned about are the new york stock exchange and the nasdaq because those are the ones we primarily use in the u.s now later on down the road when you get off fancy um you're going to be looking at stocks from other companies that are in other countries and you're going to purchase those stocks either through that country's exchange or depending on what broker you have um, you can purchase stocks in other exchange via your broker and we'll talk about brokers some more later but the point is that the stock exchange is not your typical market like you just can't show up like at the farmer's market just throw stuff in your basket you got to have a broker and the broker's kind of the uh the middleman the, the intercessory or the interlocutor guy in between you and an actual exchange itself so when you watch tv and you see the new york stock exchange you see these dudes sometimes they got on colored vests or colored shirts and they're running around with the notepads and they're screaming and hollering those are the brokers that actually work at the new york stock exchange however these days that entire process is now electronic and scrunched down inside your smartphone and you can do everything um that a broker can do all from your smartphone so i encourage people if you want to be lazy call up i don't know one of these uh brokerage firms and they'll get you a guy but you got to pay that guy money but if you do it yourself and data mine and figure out your own knowledge and get with the right people you can do it all save yourself some money and do it all from your phone i encourage that the new york stock exchange opens every day monday through friday 9 30 a.m to 4 p.m so when you see them ringing the opening bell and everybody's all excited at the new york stock exchange that's 9 30 in the morning so what is the big deal why do why do i care here's why over the long term the average annual stock market return is 10 percent 10 percent on your money 
on average is what you're going to get sometimes it could be lower sometimes it could be a lot higher but that's the average but here's the important thing when you compare that average to other things it's significantly higher for example the return i'm on bankrate.com right now savings accounts savings accounts right now are getting you 1.7 percent certificates of deposits 1.85 percent money market accounts 1.5 percent t-bill rates right now are 1.51 percent those all pale in comparison to 10 percent you're gonna make more money year over year end over end in the stock market so that's why we do it the stock market when you buy the stock of a company you're effectively buying an ownership share in that that company but does that mean you can show up to the board meeting and go sit down next to the ceo and kick your feet up on the table no not quite that's not what that means um but in most cases, it does mean that you get a right to vote at those meetings. And in most cases, it's one vote per share. Now, I've never actually voted. Um, I do get the proxies in the mail from different companies. And I just kind of chuck them in the trash because that's not really my thing. The primary reason why I invest in the stock market and why most people invest in the stock market is to earn a return on our investments um and there's two ways that, that that happens either one the stock price can appreciate the company gets bigger does more business generates more revenue somehow that the pie gets bigger and the stock price appreciates the other way you can get a return on your investment is through stock pay dividends not all stocks pay dividends but many do dividends are payments made to shareholders out of the company's revenue and they're typically paid quarterly so when you buy a stock you're kind of like a part owner in the company so at the end of the year the company figures out how much money they made and the shareholders get what would conceivably be their fair share of the profits and companies send that back to the shareholders as a dividend now if you happen to have a stock that increased in price and paid a dividend all at the same time you killed the game um, some stocks pay dividends some don't it just kind of depends you know it's numbers but over the long term the key is that the average stock market return is 10 percent so for the newbies you hear this term the dow jones the djia well what is that the Dow Jones Industrial Average is an index that tracks 30 large publicly owned blue chip companies trading on the New York Stock Exchange in the NASDAQ. And then if you recall, the two exchanges that we care about are the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange because those are here in the U.S. The firm was founded by Charles Dow. That's actually his name. Um, and he started with. 12 companies not 30 um and he wrote articles for the wall street journal and he actually is a co-founder of the wall street journal and this was like 1896 so we're talking before the turn of the century 1900s that this is all all going on 
what Dow Jones was known for, and this is key, he was known for his ability to ethically explain complicated financial news to the public. A lot of people don't understand money and finance because it can get pretty technical and sometimes pretty tricky. But he had this uncanny ability to take very complex finance and economic principles or, or facts or whatever. And he could explain them in terms that everybody understood. And he would write these articles and post them in the Wall Street Journal. And that's kind of like how the Wall Street Journal took off um why this is important is because dow jones believed that investors needed a benchmark to indicate whether the stock market was on the rise or on the decline so the 12 companies that he examined at first he turned that into an index and people used that index to compare fast forward is now 30 companies and they're all not even industrial companies in the beginning dow jones was looking at i think mining rail um industrial companies but now it's just the 30 biggest and when we say blue chip those are companies that have a beta we'll talk about this not in this podcast but later on of minus one to one and what that means is beta is a measure of a stock's ability to withstand fluctuations in the market so for example the stock market is down right now and we've looked at amazon stock price hasn't really moved a whole lot so you would expect that amazon's beta is pretty low so these are all the things that dow jones used and so here we are in 2020 and the dow jones industrial average has been around since 1896 so Speaking of the Dow Jones, we're now down to about, I think, 21,000 and some change last time I looked at it, around 22,000. At the peak under uh, Trump, the Dow was almost scraping 30,000, which to me is like ridiculous that it was that high. Um, But now we're concerned about a recession slash depression slash economic downturn, whatever you want to call it. So we went from 29,000 and some change down to like 21,000, 22,000, where we are as of the close on Friday at what time? 4.30. So in economics, a recession is a significant decline in economic activity spread across the market lasting two fiscal quarters. So that's six months. If you have six months of decline, in general, economists will call that a recession. And a recession is normally visible in real GDP, real income, um, employment. That's why politicians always sweat the unemployment rate, industrial production and wholesale retail sales, industrial production. There's that word again, industrial. What else measures industrial? The Dow Jones. So it's not the end all be all, but the Dow Jones industrial average is a significant measure of the health of the economy and when the dow was down for too long that's when economists start thinking recession and a recession can be triggered by any number of things a financial crisis um stock external stock trades adverse supply shocks 
the bursting of an economic bubble if you remember the dot-com bubble bursting i think that was the 90s and then we had the housing bubble you know periodically we have these bubbles but right now what's kind of doing us in is coronavirus no one could predict that but it's having an impact on the economy so why does any of that matter what is the big deal keith major i'm about to tell you what the big deal is at risk is trump's biggest political selling point going into the 2020 election which is the economy he has been beating that drum and harping on the economy since he came in office and the reason people voted for trump is because he was going to make america great again and everybody was going to have this money and we we're going to be doing all this global trade and all this stuff and now it's not looking like that panned out too well because the dow jones is not doing too well right now so there's no overstating the implications right the president is concerned about this because this is impacting his ability to uh, campaign and run for re-election so for him that's that's the big ticket item right there so let me give you a few historical facts to put this in perspective about how concerned Mr. Trump is about this. Since the Civil War, only one president has won re-election with a recession occurring in the final two calendar years of his term. That was William McKinley and that was 1900. A president has not won re-election during a recession since 1900. Since then, all four presidents running for re-election who had a recession lost. William Taft, Herbert Hoover, Jimmy Carter, and George H.W. Bush. Over the same span, all 10 who have sought re-election without a recession have won. Woodrow Wilson, Franklin Roosevelt, Dwight Eisenhower, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama. When you include all presidential elections, not just the ones seeking re-election, but all elections, the party in power has lost 13 of the last 19 races in which there was such a recession. 13 of the last 19. That's a lot of losses. Of the last 21 races without a recession the president's party has won 16 of them so you can see what the big takeaway is for the white house like this is a this is real for them this is a big deal so you can see there's a clear and definite link between re-election and the economy and that's the takeaway and right now, not look too good for Mr. Trump. And I saw him on the news the other day. Now he slightly changed his tune. And now it's all about getting people back to work by Easter. And is my name going to be on the checks, not on the checks? You know, this is all, I think, marketing and hype. And he's the, the master of that. And so, you know, he's doing whatever he can to try to win a re-election. I give it to him. He's not going down without a fight and he is actually doing what he thinks he needs to do um to win in november of 2020 so 
activities are grinding to a halt we're in this shelter in place the quarantine or whatever it is um businesses are closed schools are closed and economists are widely predicting that gdp will be down well that kind of stands the reason because nobody's at work but if the gdp is down then that drives more and more discussion about a recession and then you know the president can't get reelected. so we're in this cycle so what's the fix the fix was trump and congress got together and came up with the stimulus package i'm sure y'all heard about on the news they're trying to stave off this recession they're trying to pull us out of this economic nosedive because remember a recession is two quarters of economic decline so they're trying to pull back on the stick and, and start getting the numbers to rise this is the worst decline since the great depression um and it's not all economic like i said a lot of this is driven by coronavirus so it was two point how many ever trillion dollars and then i i can't even keep up like i just i think it's two large checks and then 500 dollars for each kid but that's only if you make less than so much money whatever the point is government's gonna send you some money to try to help you weather the storm a lot of taxpayers money if you want to read it i think it's 800 and some odd pages but the key is now congress is talking bailouts keith major's not a fan of bailout we'll talk about those later but that's where we are so how can you take advantage of where we are right now so there's a lot of money that's going to come out of this recession here's the thing about economic downturns you got one side of the fence that they're sad and they want to jump out of windows and off the top of buildings because they lost a lot of money but economic downturns you make a lot of new millionaires a lot of people that have on hand cash can invest for pennies on the dollar and when we weather the storm and the sun shines again there's going to be a lot of new money out there so what can we do to get some of that new money you got to invest and now is the right time and that's what we're going to talk about here are some things that you can do in general in addition to the stock market this should be your general strategy right now with the interest rates low and the dow jones low and declining even more first thing you can do is own instead of rent the rates are ridiculously low right now. If there was ever a time to buy a property, a primary residence, a rental property, a vacation home, a house for your side chick, whatever, this is the time to do it. The rates are never going to be better than now. Um, that significantly increases the amount of money you can borrow from the bank and it significantly lowers the monthly payments you got to pay on that mortgage note. Buy stock. That's what we're talking about. Not just any stock, but buy blue chip stocks. Buy stocks that you would not have been able to afford in ordinary circumstances. Let me give you the example. Just a few months ago, Boeing was trading for almost $400. And I said, man, if Boeing gets to $300, I'm going to jump in. Well, guess what? About two weeks ago, Boeing was in double digits, $98. That's crazy. People, don't miss these opportunities to invest. 
Like there's ridiculous prices out there. So go get those prices. Refinancing debt. If you're in some type of high debt, um, your mortgage rate on your house is a little bit high. This would be a great time to refinance to a lower interest rate. And then you'll save you some money. Take the money you're saving and go buy some stocks. Take advantage of government boondoggles. Just like we getting these virus checks. I don't think I'm going to get one. But some of y'all going to get these virus checks. Dude, don't go out and spend the money. The mall is closed anyway. You can't go take the money and invest it. And then get you a bigger return. At least 10% or, or even greater. So, you know, the Republicans are big on boondoggles. They always trying to save the economic day. Don't get mad get paid get you some of that boondoggle money too i think it's supposed to be coming in your mailbox in the next two weeks invest that money bargain shop now sad to say you know everybody tricking ain't got it we're about to find out who got it and who don't got it there are some people that are going to wind up in financial hardships because they were living outside of their means and now all look, that high debt payment and interest are now due. And those people are going to have to start selling off stuff, big stuff. Cars, luxury items, homes, boats. If you're in the market for that stuff, like me, people keep laughing. But Keith Major's going to get a yacht one day on the low low. So if you're into that stuff, don't go out and buy it new. Go on eBay. Go on Craigslist. Go to auctions and buy other people's stuff for cheap. You can do it right now. That's what happens during economic downturns. So investing in stocks, how do, how do you do it? That's what everybody wants to know. Um, technology and some motivation from the industries have simplified the process and allow beginners to open an account through a website or a mobile app. Some brokerage firms have a mobile app and a website i encourage you to download trial versions of apps uh surf different websites and we're going i'm gonna give you something to look for um but i encourage you to to do it from a smartphone because we're all right now hooked to our smartphones and i feel like if you do it via your smartphone and you have your smartphone on you all the time, you will systematically get into the habit of checking the market routinely and every day, three, four, five, six times a day because it's right there in your hand on your smartphone nestled in between Facebook and Instagram. So why not check it? So I encourage you to get an app-based account. And if that account also has a website, even better then you can do it home and do more stuff common stocks allow stockholders to vote on company issues i personally never do it some people are geeked up about that not me i'm just in it for the money um, and then you have those stocks to give dividend payouts quarterly or annually or however they do it adding stocks to your portfolio means that you own a small percentage of that company and if that company should increase in value, then you get a portion of that return. That's what it all means. And that return will be bigger than what you get from a bank. So investing in stocks can be done 
in a bunch of ways. The easiest way is for you to pay a guy some money, jump on the phone, call a brokerage firm, go in his office and sit down, and he'll tell you all this cool stuff and put some numbers and charts and graphs on paper, and you just give him your money, and he'll invest on your behalf, and you kind of give him an idea of what your strategy is, um, and then he'll follow that, but that's kind of old school technology has really done away with that. The next way is they have robo-advisors, which is just a, a computer algorithm um, that kind of like monitors different stuff and you like put money in the account and this robo-advisor just automatically picks stuff and does stuff kind of just generally. Like that's hand, very hands-off. Um, I don't really encourage that because there's just so much information that's at your fingertips now like why do the robo thing and then what happens if you forget and then you're just like yeah I, I i personally like a little bit more autonomy than what you get from a robo advisor but google robo advisors and you'll get a list of companies to come up and maybe that's your thing although i wouldn't pick that one but you can um then there's brokerage accounts right these online brokers, and there's tons of them. There's Robinhood, there's uh, Acorn, there's uh, I think Merrill Trade. There's bunches of them. Pick the ones, Google it, and pick one that works for you. But when you get that, what it enables you to do from your phone is buy and sell stocks, ETS, which are electronically traded funds. Um, kind of like a bank version of a stock. We'll talk about that later. Options, uh, cryptocurrency, and you can do it all from your phone. Uh, and then compare and contrast because they're all slightly different. But any one of those, I'm telling you, is better than what you're doing right now if what you're doing is nothing. You can purchase stocks via your uh, retirement account. I think uh, Fidelity does that. So if you're pumping money into a, uh, a retirement account in Fidelity, you can actually go to the Fidelity website and convert some of your retirement funds to stock purchases and then you leave it sitting there. All different types of ways to do it. Keith Major encourages you do something. I get this question a lot. How much money should you invest in the stock market? Keith Major says invest how much money you can afford. I can give you $1,000 stocks. I can give you some good $100 stocks. I can give you some good $10 stocks. I can even give you some good $1 stocks. So the amount of money you invest is not as important as the stocks that you invest that money in. It's all about what is the performance of that stock and how has that stock grown in the last year, three years, five years, and then projecting out to the future how is that company going to do? That's really what's important. Start small and then eventually if the bug hits you, you'll start investing bigger and bigger and bigger. I no kidding started my my first account with $250. That was uh, Ameritrade. Um, and I just kept at it, stayed consistent. 100 bucks here, 50 bucks there, my little Christmas money, my side hustle money. I'll just dump it in my brokerage account and then I would start researching stocks, right? Um, kind of oversimplifying it because also in there was, was grad school and I got an MBA. So I'm a little bit more technical, so I'm kind of dumbing it down. But the point is, stay consistent and you don't need 
hundreds of thousands of dollars, although it would be nice. If all you got is a hundred bucks, start with a hundred bucks. Inbox me, DM me. I've given people suggestions at every price range. Hey, Keith Major, I got 500 bucks. What should I do? I got a hundred bucks. What should I do? Get at me and I will help you figure it out. And I'll explain to you why we're picking the things that we're picking. And I'll do what I can to get you started because I think it's uh, that important. So blue chips, when we talk blue chips, that's any company with a beta between minus one and one. Big companies tend to stay big. So that those are companies like Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola, Boeing, Microsoft, Lockheed Martin, Amazon, um, big companies. That's your goal, those those whales, but you can't get there like in one, in one step. Um, start small, take incremental steps, and then we'll get there. It's a marathon and not a sprint. Another thing for beginners to consider is diversity in your stock portfolio. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So the market is divided into sectors. Like you got the healthcare sector, you got defense sector, you got um, durable goods, you got all, all different sectors. So you don't want to take a loss all at one time so the philosophy is spread your stock purchases out across a couple of different sectors and then you just kind of generally ride the wave so if one sector is doing bad another sector is doing good then it all averages out if you got your eggs all in one basket and then that sector does bad oh man you're hurt so that's part of strategies and we'll talk about investing strategies later um, I'm also a big proponent of automatic investment because we get lazy, we get sidetracked, we got jobs, we got kids, you planning things, you got other activities. So most brokerage accounts have a way where you can just automatically send them every month, every week, payday, however you want to set it up and it'll get deducted from your checking account um, and it just goes like regularly when you're not thinking about it and I encourage that that's the best way to do it and then you look one day and it's like oh man I got a couple of hundred bucks I can invest or I got 500 bucks that I can invest and then you go shopping for stocks but you gotta stay consistent and if automatic investing is the way to do it please do it um, dollar cost averaging so Dollar cost averaging is where you bought stocks at different price points, but you average that weighted average, those stocks to come up with kind of like the dollar cost average of what was the average price I paid. So some people get upset because you didn't absolutely buy a stock at the rock bottom price it was and you feel like I missed it and that ship has already sailed. No, that ship is not sailed because the stock market is like a wave it goes up and down up and down so if you don't get it at the absolute bottom that's okay just don't buy at the absolute top if you bought it someplace close to the bottom or maybe even around the middle that's okay because you're going to make periodic stock purchases of the same price i mean of the same stock and when you average the price you just want an average that's kind of like more to your favor so it's not one-stop shopping 
And then the overall thing is you got to take your emotions out of your investing. Just look at the numbers, man. Don't be all like, I used to work for this company, yo. I dated this girl that was, uh, dude, look at the numbers, data-driven decisions, stick to the facts. Um, And then check the news. The news cycle is full of tippers about what might happen in the stock market. And to me, that's really the key about what the difference between being good and being great is someone who has the ability to look at the external market and say, man, Trump was supposed to be talking about coronavirus, but he just mentioned Boeing nine times in a five minute speech. You gotta be able to connect the dots and say, hmm, maybe I need to go look at Boeing's stock price. Um, I'll give you another one. The cruise line companies have offered the White House to turn cruise ships into floating hospitals. Hmm. And that's probably not going to happen for free because nothing is free. So the taxpayer is probably going to pay a mint for that. So might be kind of smart to look at some Carnival Cruise Line stocks or Norwegian stocks or anybody that's got vacant and empty cruise ships right now might be headed for some money here shortly. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, And then uh, the stock game is not a one-shot deal. It's kind of a long-term process. I'm saying at least 10 years, right? Give Give it 10 years. And then at the end of 10 years, you can always cash out, you know, and get to buy some real estate or do something or whatever. But you're not going to become a millionaire overnight, right? And then it takes two presidential terms to swing the economy. That's eight years right there. So whatever you do right now in 2020, you got to be prepared to sit on it like a mother hand and then watch that bad boy hatch in about eight years. Okay, so next we're just gonna keep it rolling best trading apps now this is by no means a testimonial um, or an endorsement of any particular thing I'm just going through the major ones and because some people don't even know like like what is acorn what is that so we're gonna go through some of the major ones there's many others um, but this is what Keith Major thinks now this is the world according to Keith Major the best overall trade nap experience, I think, comes from TD Ameritrade. TD Ameritrade is the one that I personally use, but again, this is not an endorsement. I like TD Ameritrade because they have a plethora of education and learning tools where you can take yourself from a dude that knows nothing to Wall Street tycoon through doing a series of computer-based training models and quizzes and all this stuff and knowledge is power so the more knowledge you have the better you will be and and i'm a data-driven guy and td ameritrade has a lot of analytics i'm a number cruncher i like numbers um there's all types of numbers you can get from td ameritrade all types of assessments from um, different analysts and all that stuff's available and I can do charts and graphs and then I feel like that way I make my own decision. Ameritrade also has a web-based tool and then an app that I have 
on my phone. Um, and I think they're both iOS and Android, but don't quote me, but that's just one. So if you're a beginning person and you really want to learn and I encourage you to learn, I uh, take a look at TD Ameritrade. Um, because here's my goal. I just don't want to be a guy putting out stuff. I want you to listen to the stuff I put out and then get yourself smart enough where you can go teach, educate, mentor, and train somebody else. Um, and I think you can do that on TD Ameritrade. Um, the best free one is Robinhood. Um, Robinhood is pretty popular. It's all over the internet. I've seen them advertising everywhere. Um, they also have a website and a mobile app. I think their mobile app came first, but don't quote me. Um, but they do uh, free stock trades. But you don't get as many of the tools that you would get in Ameritrade, right? You get what you pay for. So obviously, if it's free, you're going to get less. Um, and then I don't think they do mutual funds. But they do do stocks and ETFs. Um, so if you're just looking at stocks, then Robinhood is not bad. And then there's a Robinhood premium, like Robinhood Gold. I don't really know like all the nuances of that because I don't use Robinhood. But it would be something you can jump on the internet. And I'm sure like on the Robinhood site, they got all the, the whiz-bangetry of what Robinhood does. Um, another good one for beginners is Acorn. If you want to invest and you're just like, Keith Major, this is too much. I got like too much to do. I ain't got time for all this. Then Acorn might be the best one for you. You link your bank account to Acorn. Um, and then every time you make a purchase, y'all seen this one? Every time you make a purchase, they round it up to the next whole dollar and the chains to keep the chains. The chains goes to your brokerage account and then that's what with Acorn Invest, and then you just kind of generally say, I'm interested in these things, and yada, yada, yada. Um, so if you don't want to put a lot of time and effort in, look at Acorn. Acorn would be one of those robo-advisors that I talk about, where it's kind of on automatic, and they're just using a bunch of uh, environmental and financial metrics to kind of make decisions. Acorn would be the one for you. Um, a good one for learning is Stash. Stash is kind of new, kind of seen it, kind of peaked at it a little bit. But if you want to learn about the basics of investing, Stash is a good one. Stash um, is a little lesser expensive than Ameritrade, but it's not quite as robust, but it's good for teaching. Um, the thing about Stash is you can start a Stash account with five bucks. Um, and I would recommend stash for if you've got teenagers um, and you're, you're trying to get them to be smart about money and you're trying to get them to understand investing and saving and um, compound interest and the time value of money. If you're trying to just get them to generally understand that concept. Stash would be good for your kids because then whenever they get money, the little Christmas or birthday money from grandma, then you can sit down with Stash and then talk investing. Uh, another one that's good for kids is Stockpile. 
stockpile lets you buy and trade stocks and then you can even gift stocks so stockpile is one if grandma and grandpa had it and junior and missy had it then they could be like you know wheeling and dealing um and that'd be a way to get the, the grandparents involved um because it takes a village right so for the little ones i kind of lean towards stash and stockpile if you're trying to teach little ones or if you're a big one and you're just like he made just too much too much information then yeah you look at the stash stockpile now if you're trying to wheel and deal there's e-trade mobile e-trade was like the pioneer they were like the first in the online business e-trade is way out there you do all types of stuff with e-trade um a little more complex they got all the bells and whistles the fancy stuff online and an app uh so look at e-trade if you're a little more advanced and you ready to step up from acorn or Robinhood, then you know look at e-trade and then there's also charles schwab the thing about charles schwab is they're kind of a bank that happens to be a brokerage firm so you can do a lot of banking stuff back and forth with your brokerage stuff and banking stuff um to me that's like tycoon level stuff um most of us might not be ready for that but if i was uh like trading stocks full time and that was like my no kidding 100 percent hustle um charles schwab is probably a platform that i would look at so eight steps to start investing in stocks just for the newbies not eight steps make sure you're ready and able to invest like it don't make sense to put money in the stock market if you behind on your card note behind on your house note you know credit cards all run up you really got to do an examination of if i got a hundred dollars where would that hundred dollars best be placed should i invest this hundred dollars or should i you know get my accounts caught up so you got to be in a position to invest you got to be a little bit comfortable and have you some extra cheese on hand and then define goals what is your goal for investing i think you will do better if you have your goal in mind and you're just not out there like chasing moving targets decide up front what your investing goal is and then work in a series of ordered steps to that goal establish your timeline keith major recommends eight to ten years because it takes two presidential terms to swing the economy around if we go into a recession it takes two presidential terms to come out of that so the next president if he spends two terms in office will spend the next eight years figuring out the economy so you got to be prepared to ride it out you got to ride out the storm or if trump wins in in november then he's got four years to tinker with the problem but it takes eight years two presidential terms um you don't want to get in and then get out too fast assess your risk tolerance there's a little bit of risk involved um in the stock market and some stocks are more risky than others um, blue chips are obviously the safest risky right now would be stuff like marijuana stocks right that's risky because 
we don't really know how that's going to turn out but it's high risk high reward so you got to like decide okay how much am i willing to risk and that kind of hinges on what is my current situation right now like where am i in my stage of life how old am i do i have kids like how much risk you can take on right depends on a, a lot of things that are personal to you choose your ideal types of investments um you got stocks you got etfs you got mutual funds like do a little bit of research and figure out you got real estate figure out which one works for you now you could be in stock short term and then try to flip that money and put that money in real estate or you could be in stocks for the long haul um different ways to do it just figure out which one works for you then in stocks there are index funds and an index fund is basically a stock that's a basket of other stocks some people like those better because they got to do less homework so look at index funds and then you got electronically traded funds which is basically kind of like a stock that's sold to a bank those are ETFs so do some homework and then figure out which of these things works best for me and my situation and what app or platform works best the easier it is to manage and keep track of the better you will do and then find a uh, compatible brokerage firm online in-house app sit down brick more whatever um, pick one that works for you and then just go with that and then selecting order types order types we'll talk about that next podcast you know there's different ways to buy stocks and you can get fancy or you can be basic just limit market stop hole um that that's a podcast in itself but we just want to get you started today get you looking at an app get you to download an app on your phone and put five ten fifty hundred bucks thousand bucks whatever whatever you can afford that should be your goal and then next time we'll talk about okay now that i loaded this money on my account like let's talk about what i do with it um and that's it ladies and gentlemen that's all i have for today so next time we will talk about strategies for investing um and how i look at the market and how i pick the stocks that I pick. So hopefully when we come back, everyone will have picked an app or a website and loaded some money in it. Um, and then we start talking individual stocks that you can buy and why I think you should buy them. Um, in general, defense stocks are always good. Republicans like the Department of Defense and they're always buying expensive toys, F-35s and drones and all that stuff, right? Drones are made by Lockheed Martin and airplanes are made by Boeing. But there's other defense companies we can look at. Um, if you're taking a long shot, cruise lines and airlines right now are hurting. I think you can make some money there. Um, and I maybe we've missed the boat. I'm not really sure. I got to call someone. Maybe I, I'll call in a next show we'll do an interview i'm not the savviest on the medical industry and what company we think is going to crack the code on the coronavirus vaccine whatever company that is going to make a lot of money i just don't know enough about 
that particular industry. But if you know about that industry, hit me up on Instagram um, at iPhone Q or on Facebook. Let's talk about it. Um, until then, jump in some online form. You can follow me. You know, I'm always putting information out. There's other people putting information out. You know, start reading the, the financial section of of the paper. Go on Morningstar. Try Bloomberg. Go read a few articles on there about what the market is doing. And then we'll start educating ourselves. And then next time we'll come back and then we'll do some more things. So I hope this was helpful. Leave me comments on the podcast. Inbox me, DM me, get at me. And I will answer all of your questions. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Keith Major Show. But the Keith Major Show, we give you so much more. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show. Keith Major Show.